0: Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, welcome back to Looking Above. Above. This is our third season and 23rd episode, and that's kind of crazy, but very exciting. And this season, um, of course, our theme for this whole year has been the word together, but this season I wanna focus specifically on how we grow together in our faith. I think that God made us for community. God made us to grow, to grow closer to him, to grow more like his son. And that is best accomplished when we're in community, living life on our own, trying to achieve this growth. And on our own, it's never going to compare to what can happen when we grow with others. When we are um, sharpened by others, as Proverbs talks about iron sharpening iron, we need each other. That's how we grow best. So that's what we're going to talk about this season. I am joined today uh, by my friend Brooklyn. You met her last season. We sat and talked together and she's going to join me this season, kind of help me out, ask me questions. I'll ask her questions. We'll bounce things off of each other. And what I'm hoping is that our discussions will will almost be a model for you of what spiritual discussions can look like with your friends, with your life groups. Um, We're going to kind of model that here in how we talk through some scripture and some concepts in our lives. And hopefully that will encourage you to do the same. So Brooklyn, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And we have these kind of discussions all the time. Um, in our office and on the phone and through text, this is a normal kind of conversation for it us. Is. So It's like continual too. So. Right. Right. So we're just going to pretend there is no microphone
1: <laughs> here so we don't act weird and we'll do our best <laughs> to not be weird. We're kind of weird anyway, but
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully it's not too awkward. Yeah. Um, So this season, this life group semester this fall, I have decided to kind of land in the book of Ephesians, and I have broken it up into 10 chunks. most of them are a little bit less than a chapter, about half a chapter whatever. And we're going to work our way through the entire book of Ephesians this semester. So for those of you who are listening, uh, these podcasts come out weekly. We use them here at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming for our life group curriculum, mostly our ladies groups, but some other groups are using them as well. And I would encourage you, if you're listening in, if you've got a friend that you want to kind of go through this with, there are always going to be questions in the description of the podcast, so you can use those for discussion. And just for your own um, personal growth, I would encourage you, whatever chunk of scripture we're focused on that week, while you're waiting for that meeting with your life group, small group, friend, whatever, I would just read through that a whole bunch. Read through that a whole bunch, and then um, when you get together with your friends, you'll be better prepared for that discussion. So we're starting out this week. We will be talking um, about Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, and I am very excited about this little section. It is a kind of odd section of scripture but in the best way. Yeah, no, it's so good. It makes <sighs> me happy.
1: <laughs> it really does, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is um, really cool. So Paul starts out by just telling us, you know, who he is and who he's writing to, of course, the church in Ephesus, which is a city in the Roman Empire. So we want to keep that in mind as we're reading this. He's not writing to Jews. He's writing to um Roman citizens to Christians who are considered Gentiles as we talk about in the New Testament. So Gentiles are anyone that's not a Jew. Of course, the Old Testament kind of establishes for us that the Jews were God's chosen people. They were the ones whom um, Jesus came to first, but God's plan wasn't just to save the Jews. He was of course to save all of humanity. And so the Gentiles are the rest of us. So this letter is written to us. Yes. It's it's written to us. And I will just point out right now, this was something that in my research I found out and I already told you this, Brooklyn, but I thought was so crazy. Verses three through 14 in the original Greek is all one
1: sentence. Yeah, which it's a lot. Like, so when you go to read it, there's a lot of words there. So for it to be one sentence in original Greek, yeah. that's crazy.
0: Yeah, but you kind of get this impression That Paul was just really excited. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Right? Yeah. (laughs) He just, his mind started and he just went and this sentence just kind of runs on and on and on. But the thrust of it um, is he's really talking about how blessed we are.
1: Yeah. And yeah, he's talking about how blessed we are and just the gifts that God gives us Mm -hmm. and how Excited, yeah, he, like you said, he's really excited, it yeah. sounds like, and yeah. I get excited when I read yeah.
0: it too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like sometimes this is how I preach though, like I just like ramble a whole huge paragraph Definitely. into one
1: sentence.
0: <laughs> you do, <laughs> and yeah, and it's fast and you're ready. And, right, yeah, and it's because get I'm excited, ex- and so I totally feel Paul when he goes here, and I don't know, maybe it would help for you to read it to yourself like that, like take take one huge breath and then just see how far through this you can get reading as like fast and as excited as you can, um, because I feel like that's where his heart was, is he's just so excited to talk about God. And I will pause here for just a second and say that the secondary portion of what we're going to discuss this semester, in addition to talking about Ephesians, we also want to focus on spiritual disciplines this semester. And each week we will discuss a spiritual discipline, which is a spiritual habit that we can use to grow our faith, to grow us to be more like Jesus, to grow closer to God, um, and talk specifically about how we can do those things together. Because I think so often, um, if we're practicing spiritual disciplines, it's kind of a private thing that people do on their own. And I wanna encourage us to try and do this in community. Yeah.
1: Yeah, together. Together.
0: So, um, all right, so this is what I did, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was reading this passage and I noticed two really huge, I made them into lists, Mm -hmm. Um, two things. And the first was um, I went through the passage and looked at all of, mostly like I would call them the verbs in this passage. And they are what God does, like what God has done, what he is doing, what he does in particular for us Um, and I came up with this list, I don't know what, there's probably like 20 things on there, I didn't count. And then I made a second list of things, what we receive. So these are like the things that God does for us and then these gifts that we receive and some of them overlap and some of them are different. And when you put this all together and we
1: look at this list we are so blessed. We are. It's like, like you said uh, to me. You said it's like Christmas. <laughs> like right? you're just like opening up all these presents, and you're like, seriously? Like, yeah, there's thing? more. There's yeah. more.
0: Like, gracious. I just, yeah. It's it's so much. So I do want to spend um, some of our time, probably most of our time here, just like chunking through that. Like, gracious. Like if I just pick out these verbs. Right? Um, He blessed us, he united us with Christ. God loved us, he chose us, he decided to adopt us. It says he brought us, bringing us to himself. This is what he wanted to do. He's poured out on us, he purchased our freedom, forgave us, showered, revealed, bring, united, choose, makes, like it just goes on and on. Saves, identified, giving, promised, will give, promised and purchased. that list right there of what
1: God does for us just shows how good he is and how giving and generous and loving yeah. he is for us Yeah, and his heart toward us too. Absolutely. And I think it's easy, though, just like spoiled children on Christmas. You Spoiled children. I mean, mm-hmm. I have kind of a spoiled child. And she, if she's not made aware, if Stephen, my husband, and I don't teach her like these are not things that everyone you you need to be mm-hmm. thankful you don't right. deserve this you right. get to have it right and I think if we are not intentional about reminding ourselves of that it's very easy to take these gifts for granted absolutely um, absolutely yeah
0: it it's crazy I don't think we talk about it very often how blessed we are or what God has done for us. Like you said, we just kind of take it for granted. We just accept it like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's what God has done for me. And we don't step back and say, what does that really mean? Yeah. Like, what does that really mean in my life? You know, the fact it says um, a couple times in the passage about being united. It says um, in verse three that we are united with Christ. And then in again, in verse 11, we are united united with Christ like unity is a theme in the book of Ephesians but he kind of starts before he talks about us needing to have unity with each other by saying you are united
1: with Christ which is crazy <laughs>
0: right right like okay so like think about way like ways that people unite right you like you think about marriage Mm -hmm. as a union of two people who become one and of course that is this the illustration that God uses for Christ and the church right Mm -hmm. is this union um and I don't want to say this wrong don't come after me like it's an equal partnership, you know, mm-hmm. husband and wife. But then we we think of like Christ and us and thinking that he wants us to have an equal stake in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he wants us on his team. Like that's another, like you think of the unity of a team and he wants us to be, we are a member of his team. We have been united with him. We're brought onto that team. Um, there's a lot of family Lingo in this passage as well, and just thinking about being united in a family. Now, there are a lot of families that are not very united, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um, being united with Christ is a
1: crazy concept. It is. It's hard to wrap your head around. And like, um, I've been reading a book called Waymaker by Ann Voskamp, and Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about that. And she has a lot of comparison between her marriage and Christ with her
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and just being tethered mm. to Jesus yeah. and just how, yeah, how ins- it's just kind of insane that he would. Because then yeah. it m- makes me think of the next, um, you have it written down here, mm-hmm. but chosen mm. or chose. Mm-hmm. So he we're chose united us. with him, but he chose right. us to be united with. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Oh my gosh! It w- <laughs> <laughs> make this personal. Um, for me, it's it's really it's really hard to wrap my head around because I can see all of the reasons he shouldn't choose me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those always are at the forefront of my mind. Um, and it took me a really long time to actually accept his his. Chosenness. I don't know mm-hmm. how you would say that, but mm-hmm. to really believe and accept that he did choose me mm-hmm. and that he wants to be united with me. He doesn't have to be united with me, right. but he wants to be. Right, um, yeah. And same, yeah, with you. Yeah. And, um, you
0: know, in this passage here, it talks about the fact um, that this was his plan, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was his plan. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us, like even before he made the world. Like to think about the fact that from all eternity, before there was an earth, God knew there was going to be a Brooklyn. God knew there was going to be a Karen. God knew there was going to be a you, whoever you are listening to this right now. He knew you and he chose you before he even started this whole thing. Like he began with the end in mind and he knew that he was going to send his son to make this whole thing happen, so that we would be redeemed. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah, the word that always um, hits me in these is purchased, and you know, um, we have this shop in our lobby called the Purchased Project, and that word to me is just so special when we think about the fact that. Um, Jesus purchased our freedom, that He purchased our salvation. It was purchased with like the ultimate price. He gave everything, you know. And so just to think of that and think of um, you know, we were slaves. We yeah. weren't we were slaves to sin and we were owned by sin. And then he purchased us. And in verse seven, um is where that it talks about that he's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins and that word in there that talks about purchasing our freedom is literally like to pay a ransom but when i was um reading some commentaries it says that he set us free from a situation from which we could not have liberated ourselves and paid a penalty we could not have paid like there's no way that we could have gotten ourselves out of the predicament of sin. Yeah. It was impossible. Like just imagine someone in like the most maximum security prison ever and there's literally no way for them to get out. And that's how we were bound in this predicament of sin and being separated from God and then he like has the key to that prison cell, like bust down the doors. By sending his son and purchasing our freedom. And I just feel like, you know, like the whole idea of being united and being chosen, whatever, but that to me, that purchasing is such intention in how he did it. He did it
1: We had to give something up to get us. Or like he had to It was not easy. Yeah. It (laughs) wasn't like he was like, I pick you. And then that was just and bam, you're in my family. He had to actually give to receive us. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm Mm -hmm. saying that right, but just like when you buy something, you have to give up money or Mm -hmm. time or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he had to do that. He he chose to give something up. And it wasn't a little something
0: either. (laughs) Like just thinking about like what Christ gave um, in general, the fact that he even came to earth was such a giving, you know, like how many times do you just feel like, life life on on this Earth." earth. it's so terrible and there's so much sin and it's so overwhelming and um, I don't know, I just watch what's going on in the news and I think, why in the world would you want to come here? <laughs> yeah, you are in heaven in perfect relationship with your Father Jesus and you gave that up to come be around people who are really cruddy.
1: And who weren't great to him either. <laughs> yeah. And
0: were really, really <laughs> terrible to him on top yeah. of being really cruddy in general. Um, so, yeah, there was in that that choice, in that purchase, he gave up so much. Yeah. Um,
1: because he loves us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I will um, mention another thing that I saw as I was studying this passage. It talks about adoption. And um, I don't know, do you have anyone adopted in your family?
1: No, but Stephen and I... Research adoption a lot because mm-hmm. we always feel called to it. So yeah. I don't have anyone adopted personally, but we've we have put ourselves right in the situation of we want to adopt. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so I have an aunt who is adopted. I have um, cousins who have adopted five children. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, um, and. I remember, like when when their kids were adopted. Of course, you know, and depending with adoption, you know, people celebrate like the gotcha day, like mm-hmm. the day that they went and got them from the orphanage in yeah. China or whatever. And then mm-hmm. there's, you know, the the day that where they became part of their family and just that celebration of that adoption day and how important that is. And so keeping in mind again that he's writing to citizens of this Roman Empire. Um, the Roman father in, in Roman culture in this time, Roman father had um, absolute authority over his children for life. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. <laughs> so if your dad was still alive, he was like your boss. You were his possession. Is essentially the way that they would word that. Wow. So didn't like if you have kids, like as you're you're a father, those children are your possession, and they're yours to do with however, whatever you want, like to the point of you could have your child killed, Mm -hmm. you could sell your child as a slave, whatever, like your children are your possessions and they had absolute authority over them for life. As long as you're alive or as long as your child is alive, they are yours. So then there's this, Um, Aspect of adoption in Roman culture, which is crazy because kind of like this whole idea of like they can sell their children into slavery. They could also like sell them to another family or, you know, this whole adoption thing. And I guess it was a big process, a big legal process. And there was this whole thing where um, the father who was giving his child away, I guess, for adoption would... um, sell his child, buy him back, sell his child, buy him back, and then the third time sell his child and that child was no longer his. It was like this whole like process they went through. I'd have to do more research yeah. to find out why. But then um, the new father would have to like go before the magistrate and be, um, whoever, that's probably the wrong word for who it was, but they would have to like plead their case as to why they should be this person's new parent. And then there was this whole big thing. But when it happened, um, they immediately, as soon as this adoption was legal, they immediately had all the rights of a child in this new family. Like immediately, like if I adopted you, you are now mine and I have absolute authority over you, but Mm -hmm. you also have all the rights of being in my family. You lose all rights in your old family. Immediately, um, and then you were viewed a new person. Oh, I see where you're going. That's so cool. You were viewed a new person, and yeah. all your debts and all your obligations connected with your old family were wiped clean. They were wow. gone. So you see where I'm going with I this. I do.
1: <laughs> and like, how cool of Paul to talk about adoption, and because he obviously right. knew right what but that his like audience
0: understood. Yeah, Mm -hmm. adoption. So when he's saying, you know, in verse five, he says, um, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we just think about, you know, when we are born into this world, we're born into our sin nature, and we're members of. the dark side the dark side <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. like and and then to just have this imagery of god adopting us and that as soon as we become members of his family we have all the rights of his son um and we are a new person like we have a new identity now And all our debts and obligations to our sin nature, everything that ties us to our past is completely wiped clean. Like, gone.
1: Yeah. What is kind of crazy to me, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, um, but we get – he gives us that, right? But Mm -hmm. we choose if we Mm -hmm. accept it. Again, Mm -hmm. it's kind Mm -hmm. of like the Christmas thing. But so for so long, I feel like I personally – was like, okay, I'm forgiven, mm-hmm. I'm wiped clean, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a new person. Mm-hmm. And then you can say it logically, head but unless knowledge. you really believe it in your heart, mm-hmm. like you don't get to access the full power of what that really means. Right. And it's right. life-changing and transforming, Yeah, which is why the disciplines that I'm excited right. about those because those right. really do, yeah. those do help right. your heart
0: right. get where your head is. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and when we look again, just at that, you know, those lists, and I would encourage you, like with your life group or on your own, whatever, to make those same lists that I did and go through and look at what does what God does for us, and then look at what we receive. Um, but as we look at what we receive in this passage, it says every spiritual blessing, unity with Christ, love. Holiness, um, made without fault. We receive adoption, family, grace, belonging, kindness, freedom, forgiveness, wisdom, understanding. Like this just goes on an in inheritance, like. And this was one <sighs> sentence,
1: or, right? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, he's just like telling you all these things. All of these things and. Um, it's just absolutely incredible and I don't think we can wrap our heads around it and so I don't think we try I think we just kind of like you said we gloss over it we just kind of oh yeah like That's what Paul says. We receive and we move on. Um, And I don't want us to just move on. And that's where our discipline for today comes into play. And our discipline for today is celebration. And of course, one of the fruit of the spirit is joy. And so as God grows us, um, hopefully he's growing joy in us. But celebration is really where we just recognize who God is and what he's doing in our lives, and we celebrate it. I think a huge piece of that is just sharing testimony, being able to just say, this is what God's doing for me, Mm -hmm. Um, and celebrate that with a friend. Be like, that is awesome. Like,
1: yay, God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it feels weird at first, and, I mean, even recently, I feel like I've been doing it more, Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been sharing with you, Karen, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, the first time, you, it does feel a little awkward, but... If you, yeah, I I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like even sharing with you, who is a really close friend of mine, it did feel awkward. But once Mm -hmm. I did it, I was like, he is good. Like he, and it is so much more fun to celebrate Mm -hmm. with a friend Mm -hmm. um, and acknowledge that. Yeah. Because you can sit there and be like, oh, this is what he's doing in my life. And you can acknowledge it personally, but speaking it out in the act of Mm -hmm. celebrating Mm -hmm. it is, it's an act, a verb. Yeah, um, yeah. changing absolutely
0: absolutely and i encourage you to find a friend or with your group that you're meeting with um even if it's just looking at this list and talking about what these things you know what it means to be adopted what it means to have family and belonging um what it means to have an inheritance uh some of these things you know that we receive here just talk about that talk about how you've seen that play out in your life like how have you received those blessings how have you seen forgiveness show up in your life. What does that mean to you that you're forgiven? Celebrate with each other, encourage each other, um, and gracious you know have a party like whoop and (laughs) holler and make noise and turn on some bumping music and dance around a little bit i don't know give everybody high fives like let people share testimony and then give everybody high fives and yell yay god and it does it feels cheesy right okay we're doing that we're
1: gonna have a party in our
0: office (laughs) (laughs) high fives and and cheering uh party noisemakers yeah uh it does feel awkward because this is not something that we practice. Right, right. As a church, how often do we just celebrate God's goodness? I mean, there's a portion of that every Sunday when we get together and we're singing that that's what we're doing, but I'm not even sure that many of us are aware that that's what we're doing.
1: Right. Like, and it's and we it's not personal unless we make it personal. Right. Um, right. And you can see the big picture of God is good, Mm -hmm. but can you look at your life and even in the valleys and in the hard times, and can you see the good that he's doing? Mm -hmm. Because even in the hard times, like my one of my verses that I cling to, I don't remember what it is right now, but it is that God works, you probably know, Mm -hmm. God works all things Mm -hmm. together for the good of those who love him. And even just knowing that, that's Mm -hmm. like we're celebrating like, wow, this really sucks right now, (laughs) but, God is working things together right. for my good, good even is in this. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, and yeah. clinging to that hope right. and knowing we have that hope, it's just yeah. worth celebrating. Yeah. But we have to yeah. choose to do it. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Well, we will let you choose to celebrate with your groups now. Thank you um, so much for joining us. I really hope that you dig into this passage this week and look at how very blessed you have been. I hope that in doing so, looking at those blessings helps um, just remind you to look above, look above what's going on in this world, look above the yuck that happens in our lives and focus on how very good God is Um, and all the ways that he's blessed you. I hope that you have fun celebrating with your groups and um, have a good week. Yeah, have a good week. We'll (laughs) talk to you next
1: week. Bye.